This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1357. 10 Ways to Help You and Your Child Get Emotionally Ready for College by Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to ORD for another parenting episode. I'm your host and narrator, Greg Audino. Happy to enter the parenting leg of the week with you, which is Thursdays and Fridays. Today's post is coming to you from Dr. Margaret Rutherford. She's a fan favorite who speaks extensively to all types of relationships on her blog. She really spends a lot of time on empty nesters specifically, and this post is aligned with that a bit. She's going to share 10 ways to help you and your child get emotionally prepared for that transition to college. So without further ado, let's get into this post and optimize your life. 10 Ways to Help You and Your Child Get Emotionally Ready for College by Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com I like the commercial where a little girl is sitting behind the wheel of a car saying, Bye, Dad, I'll be okay. Dad watches, carefully hands her the keys. Right before she drives off, we see that she's really 18. How time can fly. Now your almost legal child is talking about going to college. There are lots of wonderful posts about how to get your child ready for college, what they need to take, what they need to know about college itself, what dropping them off will be like. This post is about how to get yourself prepared, to let them go. Maybe they know where they want to go. You've heard them talking about why they want to go there, what their expectations and hopes are. Or maybe they're a little wishy-washy on the topic. Maybe they've even shared what they're nervous about. You've also watched them handle countless transitions or hurdles in their young life. She hurt her knee and couldn't play soccer last year, but she desperately wants a college scholarship. His heart was broken by a girlfriend. Now he doesn't trust and has big walls up. She was bullied in sixth grade, so much so that you homeschooled her for a while, and she's on the shy side. He got depressed and angry after your divorce. His grades started dropping. She has ADD, which made her school hard, and she takes medication for it. Sometimes she's been pestered to give some of it to friends so they can study. You did your best to help them through whatever happened. But now, it's time to watch how they handle things more on their own, and sometimes from many miles away. If she makes the college soccer team, how will she handle the stress of college and playing sports? How will your son confront how hurt he was and work through it? How will that shy daughter fare in her dorm, surrounded by other people? Can your daughter handle the pressure of her ADD with college study, and can she keep saying no when she wants to make friends? If you believe in your child, your child is more likely to believe in themselves. As a parent, that takes reassuring yourself that you've done a good enough job. There have been some high points, some things that you did really well. You've not been perfect, that's impossible anyway. Your older teen still has things to learn. Remember how much you learned in college, or between the ages of 18 and 25, wherever you were? Were you perfectly equipped to handle what life brought you? Of course not. You'll no longer have a front row seat in your teen's life. Lily wants to come home again this weekend. Is she not making any friends? He never texts back. Did I raise a narcissistic jerk? Janie said that her daughter is studying all the time. Megan never talks about her classes. Is she even going? Here are 10 ways to reassure yourself and set appropriate boundaries. 1. Focus on things you know your teen knows. Write them down. Recognize how you taught them well. 2. Don't assume that you've caused whatever problem there is. It's likely to not have anything to do with you. 3. If you're texting or calling all the time, you could be an issue. 
You're getting in the way. Four, if they're struggling with something, remind them of their strengths, other transitions or hurdles they've gotten through. Five, ask if they'd like your advice. If they don't, wait and see how they handle things. Six, begin finding things in your own life that lend purpose to it. If that's hard, then you might need professional help to work your way through those feelings. Seven, know you might feel sad at times, or relief, or a new sense of freedom. All of that is normal. Eight, decide with your teen what appropriate expectations are prior to dropping him off. If a grade point average drops too low, if they're losing a lot of weight, if they've got huge dark circles under their eyes or are sick all the time, something could be wrong. Agree to tangible things that they can understand. If they're seeming to get lost, then you might have to act after you give them the chance to address the problem. 9. You may have a fantasy of what your child's college life is going to be. If you do, that can feel like immense pressure on your child. Be honest with yourself. You may have to give up those expectations. Let her be who she's becoming and get to know her. And 10. Be aware that mental illness can emerge during these years or can be triggered by the stress of college. If it runs in your family, make sure your child knows about it and provide information about it. They may not appear to listen, but hopefully it'll sink in. Watch for signs that the normal stresses of college aren't deepening into an illness while realizing that your teen will go through stages of development. It's a balancing act, but worry will get you nowhere. You just listened to the post titled, 10 Ways to Help You and Your Child Get Emotionally Ready for College by Dr. Margaret Rutherford of drmargaretrutherford.com. And a really wonderful post from Dr. Margaret. Thanks a lot to her for that one. Her sixth bullet point about creating purpose in your own life is really one that stands out to me because oftentimes as parents, especially if you had children at a particularly young age, it's easy to get detached from the other parts of our identity. It can also be easy to feel as though those other parts aren't of true value, regardless of how much time you spend with them. And making a habit of this before sending your child off to college can really supplement the concern you have for them with concern for yourself. So while it's great to use Dr. Margaret's other steps to modify your relationship with your teen as they go through this transition, that sixth bullet allows for deliberate modification to the relationship that you have with yourself, which is highly important, needless to say. This might look like getting back into old hobbies, getting back in touch with some friends, or if you're with someone romantically, then it could mean rekindling the relationship that the two of you share, which you might find looks very different now than it did before you had a child 17 or so years ago. That's if you were even with this person before the birth of your child. So there's a lot more to discover. It's important to do it, but it can be difficult if we only see ourselves through the lens of parenthood. Okay, everyone, and that will wrap us up for today. Thanks as always for joining me, and if you like this one, be sure to come on back tomorrow because I'm going to have another parenting post for you there. That's where your optimal life awaits.